Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Master the Mouse. Hit it, maestro. Welcome to episode 39 of Master the Mouse. I'm Aaron. And I'm super pumped for this episode because he's back. Griffin is with me on this podcast as a guest for now, at least for this episode. Griffin, how have you been and how are you? Aaron, I'm good, buddy. Great to be back. Uh, what do you think is more significant, me coming back on the podcast or when LeBron James returned to Cleveland? Oh, uh, easily you back on this podcast. Here's why. Because LeBron James went back to Cleveland and everybody knew that it was all for show. And I feel like you're here for the real reasons. And that's to talk about Disney's. I'm here for sincere love, yeah. Absolutely. There's no other reason you would be here other than just your sheer passion for Disney. Great to be back. I'm an avid listener in the background so uh i don't know if i'm gonna be able to match you and abby's uh, on-air chemistry but we will try we can do our best yeah we do we've done this a couple times once or once or twice all right well you know how this goes we got a question of the episode you've got a question so hit me with what you got all right overrated or underrated uh a couple years let me prep you first a couple years back or maybe not even a couple a year or so back disney took the security checkpoints um, around Seven Seas Lagoon and move them back to the monorail entrances. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they actually, I think now even, they're actually at the particular resort. So like if you're staying at Grand Floridian or Polynesian, you check in and go through security before you actually get on the monorail. Yes, that's what I mean. Exactly. So contemporary Polynesian, Grand Floridian, um, all of those now, you check in, do your security check before you get on the monorail. And then when you get on the monorail, you once you get off at Magic Kingdom, you walk in. So that change, doing, would you rather have your checkpoint be before you get on the monorail or would you rather do it the old school way? Would you say that the current setup is overrated or underrated? I think it depends. You can't say properly rated. Right, I'm, oh, okay, so overall, I think it's underrated. Here's why, I, because I think if you are staying as a guest of Polynesian Contemporary or Grand Floridian, it is extremely underrated because the line to get through security at your own resort is just for the people staying at the resort and it is so much quicker and the line is so much smaller to get through security and then get on the monorail and get over towards the magic kingdom that mm -hmm. i think it's really sped that process up and so you're not having to you know get into an extra line and then go through security at a different checkpoint because you know they pick people out of the crowds to like get wanded and pat down or whatever right as extra security precautions so you avoid all of that which i think is extremely underrated but on the flip side if you are you know part of the general you know population or general public or, or attendees of the park that day and you're just coming in from the parking lot or from the different bus terminals uh, at the different resorts then the line queue is even closer to the drop point for those different modes of transportation. And then it gets super congested further away from Magic Kingdom. And, and at times it takes a little bit longer to get through that security checkpoint just because of the mass of people that are in that space. From that perspective, I think it's overrated. But if I had to pick between the two, I'm going underrated. 
as a whole. Yeah, and especially if you're staying at one of those three resorts, it sounds like. Well, here's even the other thing that I would consider. If, if I'm staying at a, as a guest to, you know, the at a different area of the Disney theme parks, I, I'd almost end up going to one of those three resorts to go to the Magic Kingdom. So instead of taking the bus to there, I, I would, you know, try to figure out a way to get to Polynesian or Contemporary or Grand Floridian and then just ride the monorail from that resort over to the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. You know, the the hotel to or resort to resort buses are hard to come by, but if you happen to be, you know, somewhere where you can make it to one of those three resorts, it's a it's a reasonable option. So yeah, I, I, I kind of am with you. I would say at Polynesian and Grand Floridian especially, I've kind of got on and off there and it's just always seems like it goes so smooth. A contemporary, if you remember, that's if, unless they've changed the security checkpoint, is down on the ground floor, and then you have to take an elevator after that up to the monorail takeoff area. So that can get a little congested if you're got a bunch of people with strollers trying to get on at one time. But like you said, overall, when you compare that to the hoopla right outside of Magic Kingdom, I think it's probably. Uh, a nice little setup for those deluxe resorts. Yeah, I totally agree. I, great question, by the way. That's not one that I don't think we've ever talked about, but definitely worth talking about. I know. I have to start thinking harder now with 40 episodes. <laughs> Make sure we haven't talked about it That's before. true. And if you take more episodes off, then, you know, the questions just have to get better and better. Right. Yeah. I've had, I've had two months to plan that question. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, we're going to get into a main topic, but before we do, there's just one bit of Disney news that I just wanted to share. This week, Disney released some changes to the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. I'm a big fan of that party. Our family goes during the fall quite a bit. We've been to that party several times. It's one of our favorite ones to take advantage of. And the announcement that they made this week was they are changing the nighttime entertainment from... Uh, the Happy Hallow Wishes was was the fireworks display that went off special to that party. They've actually changed it, and it's the new name is called Disney's Not So Spooky Spectacular, and it is going to be hosted by Mr. Jack Skellington from The Nightmare Before Christmas. And basically, he's telling a story of all the different things that can happen during the night of Halloween that are maybe not so scary. So the premise is Mickey, Minnie. Donald, Goofy, and Pluto get drawn into a haunted house and all the different things that can happen in that haunted house and the villains make an appearance. And um, obviously it's, you know, Halloween themed, but has all the Disney characters and really looking forward to that new fireworks display. There's going to be projections on the castle. There'll be lasers and fireworks and all kinds of different things. So I think it's a much needed change. They actually talked about this earlier in the year. They released kind of a statement said that there were changes coming. And now they're more official and Disney's prepared to make those changes this coming fall. So it actually is uh, coming up here pretty soon. In fact, I think the Mickey is not so scary Halloween party actually starts in August. So they start pretty early with that thing. So something new to take advantage of if you guys are headed down to the parks this season for that party. Yeah, sounds good. How long has Hallow Wishes been around as the nighttime fireworks? I, I mean, I think it's been there for as long as the party has been there. And I don't... I don't even know how long the party's been there. It's been there for quite some time. Yeah, yeah that's, that sounds good. I hope your kid doesn't have a lisp if he's trying to say that name. What was that? What'd you call it again? The Disney's not so spooky spectacular. There, that's a lot of S's, man. I'm just like you're gonna. That's that's gonna be true. Hey, I just did that in one take. I didn't even have to edit any of that part out. I was able to get through that without messing up. Yeah, you're. That's why you're a podcast profession. All right. Well, we got a main topic we're getting to. It's the reason that I called Griffin and begged him to be on this episode because 
I just thought if I'm gonna if I'm gonna spend an episode talking about the contemporary resort, I couldn't in my heart of hearts do it with anyone else other than Griffin because I know that he has a special place in his heart for this resort. So Griffin's here. We're gonna spend this podcast chatting about the contemporary. Last episode we chatted about the Polynesian, all the things to take advantage of in that resort and at that resort that you should be aware of if you're considering a stay there. And we're going to do something very similar in this episode as we talk about the contemporary. So just to dive in, Griffin, tell me, what is it about the contemporary that just stands out to you and makes it that resort that you always want to stay at? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My favorite. And I'm not going to lie, I think there's definitely a level of nostalgia there just with staying there a couple of times, you know, it's probably, you know, one of the oldest resorts. Um, it has the iconic look. It has the iconic feature of the monorail coming through with Chef Mickey's below. So I think that that particular part right there is one of the really special parts about it. And, and to be honest with you, a lot of times we don't even stay in the main building because it's cheaper to stay out in the garden wing. But I think just being able to be a couple steps away from just the action of that lobby uh, is one of the main reasons that I always feel so drawn into there. It's huge. It's got the big ceilings with the monorail coming through. So those are the reasons that immediately come to mind. I will say, and we'll get into some of this, is I think it's important when you're talking about it and when I'm defending it on basically comparing it to the other resorts that are right there on the monorail loop, I think is important to do because that's basically what you're going to end up comparing it to. And in my mind, location is key location and transportation is how I pick most of my resorts and in my mind that's where contemporary really shines over everyone else is with the location and your transportation options all right so let's just dive into the specifics here when we talk about transportation and location obviously there's there's not a whole lot of difference between contemporary Polynesian and Grand Floridian as it pertains to its proximity to the Magic Kingdom except for one huge difference that sets the, and I think this is what you're referencing, that sets a contemporary apart from those other two. They're all accessible by the monorail. So if you're just a monorail geek and that's all you wanna do is ride the monorail to the different areas of Walt Disney World, you're obviously gonna be able to do that at contemporary. But the one thing about contemporary that sets itself apart from the other two resorts on the monorail loop is the fact that you can actually walk from contemporary to the Magic Kingdom gates along the paved sidewalk the entire trip. And and as of as of today, there isn't accessibility from the other resorts to Magic Kingdom via a walking path. Now, there there is that's in the works for Grand Floridian. And if it if it happens to exist between the Grand Floridian and Magic Kingdom, it means that you'll be able to access it from Polynesian too. It's just a much longer walk. And the walk from Contemporary to Magic Kingdom, Griffin is what? It, a couple of minutes and you're at the front gate. Yeah, I mean, even with kids dragging you down, I think you're probably 10 at the absolute most. Uh, so yeah, I, that's that. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think you do need to compare it to Polynesian because everything you and Abby talked about last week applies here. You can get to the TTC and you can go to Epcot via monorail. You can go to Magic Kingdom via monorail, but you have that flexibility, especially with young kids where, I don't know about you, but I usually end up having an extra day in Magic Kingdom compared to all the other parks, um, at least for now with the age of my kids, having the flexibility to walk to uh, Magic Kingdom is a game changer. And, you know, to be honest with you, we love the monorail. My kids love the monorail, but there's a 
couple of times where I'm pretty consistently avoiding the monorail. The biggest advantage in my mind is post-fireworks um, when the mad dash to get to the buses and get to the monorails and the boats comes. Um, it's not fun to wait 20 minutes for a monorail at 10 o'clock at night. So I think being able to just casually stroll back to your resort is huge. And the other time is in the mornings uh, when the push for rope drop is on, that's probably when you're gonna see a pretty long line to get the through security at the monorail and have to loop all the way around. So think about it, you're starting at Contemporary, you're gonna hit the TTC, the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian. Um, I'd much rather just hop on the paved path and go that way to Magic Kingdom to probably the best security checkpoint to get to Magic Kingdom that exists, which is along that path and never has a line. It just, because people are spread out walking. So I actually walk a decent amount, even though I love the monorail. We love to use the monorail, kind of like that, you're coming back for your afternoon rest, you know, like the midday break. You walk out of Magic Kingdom, there's very rarely a line, hop on the monorail, and the first stop is contemporary. That's a perfect time to use it. So that, yeah, all the reasons you said, plus kind of what I'm talking about is, why the location to me is elite yeah i just just to close out a couple of points that you mentioned the way the monorails run they run clockwise if you're looking at it from an aerial view so if you're coming if you're leaving the magic kingdom the contemporary is the first stop so it makes a lot of sense like you said in the middle of the day to catch the monorail and avoid that walk back to your resort but if you're boarding a monorail hoping to get to the magic kingdom Magic Kingdom is the last stop before it loops all the way back to Contemporary. So you're going to be on the monorail for quite a long time going around and picking up people at each one of those resorts. And quite frankly, by the time you load and get through all three of those load zones, the monorail is going to be pretty crowded. Like you were saying, there's no reason to not only do you not want to wait 20 minutes for the monorail, but on top of that, you don't want to be in a jam packed monorail. There's no AC. People have been in the park all day. They're stinky, they're hot, they're sweaty. You know, th the last thing you want to do is, is stand arm to arm inside of a crowded monorail. So I'm with you on that. Real quickly, Lou, there are a couple of other transportation options from the contemporary to other areas of Walt Disney World. Obviously, as you mentioned, you can ride the monorail from contemporary over to the TTC, which stands for the Ticket and Transportation Center. And then that actually will allow you to get on a separate monorail and head over to Epcot. So you can ride monorail to monorail all the way to Epcot. Your other options are a boat launch to the Magic Kingdom. So if you don't wanna walk and you don't wanna ride the monorail, you can always catch a boat from the Contemporary Resort to the Magic Kingdom. And then finally, your last transportation option is the Disney bus system. So any other areas of the park that you're wanting to get to, whether it's Disney Springs, whether it's Hollywood Studios or Animal Kingdom, the Contemporary Resort has you know bus stops that you'll be able to utilize and get transportation from that resort to the other areas of Walt Disney World. Anything else left off of that list? I don't think so. Tell, remind me again, I think in there a boat that'll take you back towards the wilderness lodge in fort wilderness or is it just gonna be bus no they actually will there's that's a great point there's there's actually the the boat that takes you from contemporary will make stops if there's people aboard over to the wilderness lodge and fort wilderness so if you wanted to just visit those resorts by themselves you could hop a boat and head over to one of those areas as well yeah i like that you just have a lot of a lot of options different directions you can go and Try to avoid the bus. That's usually my goal when I go to Disney World. How few times can I ride Yeah, well, if you're staying at the Contemporary, you can avoid it quite a bit. Yeah. All right, let's talk about a few other things there at the Contemporary. Next, we'll just talk about resort amenities. So 
there's a lot of different things to do there at the contemporary besides just walk over to the magic kingdom or ride the monorail i think we've we've kind of exhausted those topics but what are some other things there at the contemporary that you guys take advantage of or that stand out to you griffin over there at the contemporary resort yeah so we, we like the pool i can't make the argument that it's a top five pool at you know at disney world or anything like that but it is a deluxe resort which usually comes with a a good pool setup. Um, it's got the kids splash pad, and it's like this at all the Dis you know Disney resorts. But they have a, do a great job there of you know having the games that you play around the pool, and just like you and Abby said last week, I, I just never feel like it's crowded. It's a it's a place of refuge for us. Um, we love to come back and use kind of the area just behind the main building um, is very open. Um, with the pool and the splash pad with a nice walk down to the pier. And so you can walk through there and look around. We haven't done this a whole heck of a lot, but obviously there's rentals that you can take out on the out on the uh, lagoon there, but you can rent a boat and that sort of thing. So those are the immediate places that we tend to use a lot. We tend to spend a lot of time in the, in the lobby. Like I said to me, that is almost kind of like free entertainment there because the content uh, it's a contempo cafe right the uh the quick service there which we'll talk about um is in a great spot where you're just surrounded by action so we find ourselves hanging out in the lobby a good bit um just kind of enjoying the scenery yeah i think i think you hit the nail right on the head when it comes to amenities i'm just going to touch on a few of the things that you mentioned the the pool and the splash pad. I agree with you. I don't know that any of them are like the best that Disney has to offer, but what they lack in bells and whistles, they make up for in what I'm just gonna call lack of utilization. The thing about some of the other Disney pools, especially when you start talking about like the all-star resorts that are just densely populated and then like the beach club, which has a fantastic resort pool in all different things associated with essentially what is in a water park for that resort you know w with the all-stars it's super crowded with contemporary you're never going to feel crowded at their pool and with the beach club there's great things to do but it's also going to be more populated than the contemporary resort people that are staying at the contemporary i i have found this to be true in our stays i don't know if you have griffin but the people that are staying at the contemporary resort aren't necessarily staying there to take advantage of the pools right and therefore the pools are a little bit less crowded than they are at the other resorts that's a great point. Yeah, if you go to Car uh, sorry, not Car but if you go to Beach Club, like you're part of the reason you're going there is so you can experience the pool. Like that's part of what you're paying for. So I agree. If people go to the Contemporary, they're thinking about monorail and location, and the, the pool just kind of becomes a nice little spot to access. Yeah, and it's not any different as far as what it has to offer than the other resorts either. It's just maybe not themed as well. You know, there's still a slide. Like you said, there's still a splash pad. There's still a you know a waiting area. It's got a kind of zero uh, zero degree entry, and so there's still a lot of cool things about the pool. It's just not themed like a volcano, or not themed like a Mayan temple, or you know the other things that the Disney resorts tend to offer as far as theming. It's just kind of lacking in that space, but it doesn't make the pool any less wet. Yeah, right. It's got a water slide. I mean, that's it doesn't come out of the mouth of an animal or a clown, but there is there's a slide. So I think it, it ticks off all those boxes for me. So I'm I'm happy with it. And uh, like I said, some of that may be nostalgia, but um, it's we we enjoy that area. A couple of other things that I just want to mention real quick from an amenities perspective. Contemporary has a fitness center that you're only going to see at deluxe resorts as well. So if you're a person that likes to like hit the gym early in the morning and get a workout in before you hit the parks, or if you're, you know, have a resort day and you're wanting to go run on the treadmill or, you know, go lift some weights or something like that. 
The Contemporary has that as an offering. You're not going to find that at all of the resorts within Walt Disney World. They also have a couple of recreation areas. So there's some tennis courts. I think there's a basketball court as well. Um, uh, I can't remember if there is a beach volleyball court. In fact, I think there is over there kind of behind where the garden wing is tucked in at. Yeah. So there is a couple other areas of, of that resort that you can take advantage of that you aren't necessarily going to find uh, at the other Disney properties. You will at the deluxe resorts, but definitely not at any of the value resorts or, or other areas like that. So just another thing to keep in mind. And lastly, before we move on to dining, the one last amenity, I guess I'll call it an amenity. I don't i don't know, maybe it's an amenity, I don't know. Um, they, they have a pretty big arcade there at the Contemporary. I, I'm not an arcade guy, so that really has no appeal for me, but it is something that they do have. It exists, yeah. we. It's like, I, if I'm in an arcade while I'm at Disney World, I'm depressed. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can go to the pizza place that's less than a mile from my house right now and we can go in the arcade and we do so i when i go to disney i want i want other things um no matter how good but I, okay so are your kids like mine it's that even though it's an arcade and they can literally go to it like you said at the pizza place down the street like if they see an arcade they are immediately drawn to it and immediately ask oh hey can we go play some arcade games and it's like wait you're in Disney World and there's literally a million things to do that you don't get to do at home and you want to go into an arcade? Oh, my kids are definitely like that. We did arcades last night at the pizza place. So, which, quick tangent, you know the, uh, what do you call it, the crane games where you catch stuffed animals? Yeah. I caught two in a row last night at the same place. So I am on fire and I'm happy to spend money in the arcade as long as I keep winning those cheap uh, bears. <laughs> It's like here, take take my money. I don't want it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you're not paying for the bear. You're paying for the experience of winning a game that is difficult to win. <laughs> so I'm happy with that. And let me ask you this: Have you ever stepped foot in a fitness center while you're at Disney World? Yes, I have. Oh my goodness, I I can't imagine ever wanting to do that. Okay, so let me give you here here is a a pro tip for anyone that is going to Disney and and wants in on a little bit of a secret. So at most of those fitness centers, I know for sure at the Grand Floridian, because believe it or not, the Grand Floridian Polynesian actually share a workout facility. It's kind of right in between the two resorts. So you kind of, no matter which one you're staying at, you kind of gonna have to walk a little bit of a ways to get there. But yeah. at that particular one, they have flavored water that you can get. And they also set out fresh fruit all day long. So I say all that to say, if you find yourselves in in that area, if you're staying at, at one of those two resorts or even at the Contemporary, I'm assuming that they would do this too because they're all kind of run by the same people, is that you can go get something to drink if, if you are you know need to fill up water bottles on your way into the park or you don't want to make your way all the way up to the drink stations. So you can take advantage of that. And if you need to you know grab a quick apple or banana and stick it in your bag for in the park for later in the day it's a good idea just to pop in there pretend like you're lifting a little bit weights grab a banana stick it in your bag and make go on your merry way <laughs> that's amazing i can't remember if you told me that i've heard that one other place but you're talking about a deep dive pro tip right there if you get up for road drop and successfully go into the gym only to get breakfast for your family with fruit and water bottles filled up then you have got it figured out. That that is that is deep stuff right there. Well, I'm going to take it even one step further because let me just tell you one of the things that I have done in the past, and I am not too ashamed to admit it. So one one of the things that I really enjoy for breakfasts in the morning is banana and peanut butter, 
And so uh-huh. when we've stayed at the Polynesian, they set out, you know, those those cups. Oh, they almost look like K cups, but like of, of individual peanut butter that, oh, yeah. that you can I'm use, sure right? So I I have also grabbed a couple packets of that and a knife in Captain Cook's, put that stuff in my bag, walked over to the workout facility, grabbed two bananas, stuck them in my bag, and had peanut butter and banana on my way in on the monorail to Magic Kingdom. So Man, that's that is a boss move. Let me let me clarify though. So have you gone in there to work out before or it's usually just to still there? Oh, so an actual question about whether I'm actually using the facility. You ask if I had ever been in one and the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> Clearly the answer is yes there. But now I'm wondering like you've walked ten miles, ten to thirteen miles the day before, why on earth would you want to go in there and run on a treadmill? What is wrong with with you? I I have I've I have used the workout facilities at the Polynesian slash Grand Floridian as well as Animal Kingdom Lodge and Saratoga Springs. So I've used okay. and props to you and Old Key West. I've used them at all of those resorts. Okay, all right. Props to you. All right, I, you won't see me in there. I you know I can't. I'm obviously not going to say that I go there every day on the trip, but. You know, if it's nap time for the kids and, you know, I, I want to keep my body. Because here's the thing, right? I mean, it's not like, Griffin, it's not like you and I are getting any younger. So, so the less, you know, if we're moving our bodies at a pretty healthy pace and carrying kids on our shoulders, our bodies don't recover the way they used to. And so I've learned this about myself. If, if I give myself too much rest, I get stiff. And the chances yeah. of me being able to replicate carrying kids or anything like that a, a day later becomes less and less if I don't stay active. So, yeah. you know, I'll get in there and I'm not, I'm not in there to lift, you know, as much weight as I can or run, you know, a half marathon. I'm in there just to keep my joints loose and lubricated. That way I'm not, you know, waking up with stiff knees the next morning. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Next time we go, we'll, we'll get in there. We'll do a little power yoga flow together and then we'll hit the parks there we go all right enough about amenities enough about yeah that that was a deep dive sorry (laughs) let's talk real quickly about the different types of rooms there at the contemporary because i think most people assume that when you're staying at the contemporary you're staying in that a-frame tower that the monorail goes through and i know for a fact that several people come back from their disney trip disappointed because they end up staying and you referenced it earlier in what they call a garden wing. So talk to me a little bit about the difference between that tower and the different type of wings that are there at the Contemporary Resort. Sure, so uh, correct me if I go wayward with any of this, but I mean, the the big thing is price. Significantly cheaper on the whole to stay over in the garden wing. I think this is where I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, the inside the rooms, unless you're talking about suites and stuff, everything's gonna be basically the same. Correct. Um, we tend to be in just the their standard five-person room that has you know two queen beds plus um, like a little they call it, you know kind of like the Murphy bed that some of the other rooms have that you can technically put a fifth person on. Uh, they have those rooms in the A tower and they also have those rooms in the garden wing. Um, so we just have found I just can't bring myself to pay the the price the premium price they put on the A tower rooms, especially the A tower rooms that are facing Magic Kingdom. Um, I just, I mean, I know that that is great, but I mean, you and I have been there. Like how often are you in your room after a busy day? Like, I mean, you'll look out the window if there's something cool out there, but that's just not that important to me. Everything else about the contemporary is more important to me. So I want to get in there as cheap as I possibly can. And that's almost always going to be 
the garden wink, unless you've got some other setup that, you know, allows you to spend the money or find a discount. Yeah, I, I'm with you. You're right. The difference between the rooms is location and price. The rooms inside are basically identical. Here's the one thing that I'll say about the tower rooms. I, I personally have never actually stayed in the tower in the tower rooms with a view of the Magic Kingdom, but this is what I'll say about it. Here's where I think that it would be to my advantage to stay in that room. Let's say that I'm going down and I'm not necessarily going to take advantage of, well, we mentioned it earlier, the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. Let's say we're going down in the fall and that party's going on. If you have a Magic Kingdom view room, you're gonna be able to view those fireworks that happen at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night without actually having to be inside the park. So let's say you're not going to that party during that trip or your kids are too young to stay out that late. You're gonna put them to bed. You can pop out on your private balcony in that in that room and just sit out there and watch the fireworks. So there, there are a few advantages potentially, but I, I don't know if it warrants you know, paying double the price to say that you stayed in the tower. Now, only because we're on the subject of price will I mention this, uh, I'll, I'll transition a little bit to DVC. Now, there are some Disney Vacation Club properties within the Contemporary Resort. It's actually to the side. So you have that big A-frame tower, and then off to the side of it, there is an, another tower called the Bay Lake Towers. And those are all DVC properties. And what we mean by DVC, obviously, is a Disney Vacation Club. And you guys know me well enough now know, to know that when I am staying at Walt Disney World, I'm renting DVC points and I'm staying at Disney Vacation Club property. So as we're talking about price, also keep in mind that there are options to stay at the Contemporary Resort without paying that kind of luxury price tag that you would when you'd be booking through Disney. And the only difference between the A Towers and the Bay Lake Towers is obviously those towers aren't connected internally. But there's a walkway, I think it's on the 7th or 11th floor, that you that, and it's covered, so you can walk from Bay Lake Towers into the main contemporary tower and then catch the monorail or, or do what you want there at the contemporary resort. So that's also an option, and I'll throw that out there because that would give you the opportunity to rent DVC points, and they have studios, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, three bedroom villas, grand villas, so your options become a little bit more available to you based on the fact that there's DVC properties located there at the Contemporary Resort as well. Yeah, I, I love that DVC idea. I mean, the Bay Lake Tower is the resort or the building closest to the Magic Kingdom, you know, on the planet, you know, the most, you know, probably arguably the best theme park in the world. So um, you can't beat that. And the, the thing that hurts us about Bay Lake Towers is at least right now their studio rooms are for four people instead of five. Um, so if you're, as your family gets older or bigger or larger in number, you, you got to start looking at multiple rooms and that, that stings a little bit. Yeah. Or, or a larger room. So one, and they structure their tiers and pricing similar to how you just talked about the, the towers, whether or not you are, have a magic kingdom view or a lake view or a garden wing, they structure theirs the same way. You're going to pay a higher premium when you rent points. If you are have a Magic Kingdom view versus just a view of the Seven Seas Lagoon or Bay Lake, or even less if you just have a view of the parking lot. So different things to keep in mind about what's important and what's not. So if you're not worried about catching Magic Kingdom fireworks from your own balcony, then I don't know that it's worth the premium price tag to get a room that faces Magic Kingdom because 
No matter if you're staying at the Contemporary or not, there are plenty of places that you can go to view fireworks where they pipe the music in. You know, at Bay Lake Towers, they have a bar that's available to, it's a bar slash restaurant. It's called Top of the World Lounge that you can actually go up into and find some comfortable chairs and view the fireworks and they pipe the music in, you know, and at the Contemporary, there's, there's kind of balconies at every level of that resort kind of on the ends where the monorail comes in and out that people can go and stand at and they pipe the music there too where you can listen to the fireworks and watch them from a great view. So I don't know. If it were me, I don't know yeah, if, if yeah. getting a, a view of the Magic Kingdom in my room is really worth the price tag. Right, that's what I'm saying. I think you hit all the points I was kind of about to say, which is that there are other places to hit the fireworks. Uh, the Garden Wing tends to be quieter and you know, very peaceful. We we would watch the water parade every night. It would come, you know, if you have a garden wing room kind of on the end, you can see the, um, you can see it out there on the water. So um, yeah, that, that's my plug for the garden wing. The other thing that we didn't mention that Contemporary does have is a convention center. So I know a lot of times guests are there at the Contemporary and not necessarily there to actually be at Walt Disney World. They're there for a particular convention that either their job requires them to be at, or you know they're getting some type of continuing professional education, or it's just something that they're interested in. And so a lot of times you'll see guests there that aren't necessarily taking advantage of all that Disney has to offer. They're really there to be at the convention and be a part of whatever's going on at the convention center. So that's also something to keep in mind. Yeah, definitely. You'd rather them be doing their thing so you can do all the Disney stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, And I wanna take advantage of their discounted tickets that they would be offering through their convention links. Absolutely. All right, there's a big thing that we haven't talked about yet, and it's one of the things that I think is both near and dear to both Griffin and myself, and that's the dining options there at the Contemporary. When we talk about Disney, we can't help but talk about food and the different food options available because Disney has a whole lot to offer in the space of the culinary arts. So let's spend the last couple of minutes about the contemporary talking about the different food options there. Okay, I can go first. You fill in the gaps. Um, and let me, I'll make this plug kind of right here. But uh, when I think about dining or really anything, amenities, like what you're going to do for fun, like I don't think about just the contemporary. I think about all three resorts on the monorail loop because unless it's a prime time, you can hop on that monorail and be at the Polynesian or the Grand Floridian with very little effort. Um, same thing if you talk about a boat ride over to um, the Wilderness Lodge. So I think to be able to reach out and touch, um, you know, a total of four deluxe resorts, just a short amount of time is clutch. And that just doesn't, I guess, maybe with the exception of being on the boardwalk and being able to walk to a couple of deluxe resorts, it, that is not achievable at most places. So when I think about dining and we'll talk about the contemporary, but you got to remember, you've got everything you guys talked about last week is one two monorail stops away the polynesian so i think that's important to uh, remember but, but when it comes to the contemporary the things that obviously jump to my mind is you know the california grill on the top is one of our favorites uh and chef binkies those i think those are kind of the two iconic places but like every disney resort there's so many other offerings kind of intermixed in there where's your, what's your go-to if you're in the contemporary if i uh, well the place that we've eaten at the most probably is chef mickey's just because that's one of those Disney must-dos. If you've never been to Disney World or you're going down with your family who's never been or you've never eaten at a character meal, you know, Chef Mickey's is one of those kind of nostalgic, you got to do it once type of restaurants. And the reason we've done it so many times is it seems like every time we go, we're either with family members that have never been 
or with family members that have never been to a character meal. And it kind of wraps a whole lot of Disney experiences into one singular experience. So you, you get a halfway decent meal with a lot of options. So even if you have picky eaters, you know, if your kids only like chicken tenders and macaroni and cheese, they'll be in heaven because they can eat as many chicken fingers and as much macaroni and cheese as they want. So you'll be able to satisfy your picky eaters. There's also some, you know, extravagant food on their buffet too. So it is a buffet and you're going to get to meet, you know, the Fab Five. So Minnie, Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Pluto, they're all going to be there. So you're going to get to interact with those characters without having to wait in any type of line or pay a resort or a theme park ticket. Uh, to see those characters, so so that's a plus. And then, as you're dining in this, what is essentially an open-air restaurant, you're going to see a monorail whiz by over your head, and you're going to get that kind of the feeling of, hey, this is this is an unusual experience. It's only applicable to Disney World, and you're not going to get to experience that feeling in any other character meal at any other resort. So there's a lot of things happening that set that restaurant apart. The other one that we eat at a lot, and, and that's for a lot of the same reasons is the Contempo Cafe. It's their quick service. It's the one that you order off of uh, at a counter and then they bring the food out to you. So, you know, there's a lot of options there. They actually are a test kitchen for a bakery. So you're gonna get a lot of unique cupcakes there. If you're, you know, part of Disney's cupcake crawl, if that's something that you get into and you're wanting to try all the different cupcakes that are available, you're gonna get unusual and seasonal cupcakes there at the Contempo Cafe, as long as just some really interesting and, and really good food options there too. So, and it's right beside Chef Mickey's. And so it's gonna be open air. You're gonna get to see the monorail whiz by. There's a lot of hustle and bustle going on. So those are probably the two that stand out to me as well. Uh, we've eaten at the, at the California Grill. I really enjoy it. It's more of a fine dining experience. If you're on the Disney dining plan, it's, it's two of your meal credits to dine there. But the food is phenomenal. I'll give a shout out to the, to the sushi menu there as well. If you're a sushi fan, uh, the, the sushi menu there is exceptional. And to top it all off, and Griffin, I'm sure you would feel the same way about it, that you know, if you time it right, you're gonna get an, an incredible view of Magic Kingdom and the fireworks. They actually have a catwalk that goes outside. So you can leave the, leave the confines of the restaurant and actually walk out onto, it's not the roof, but essentially the roof of the resort. And it's all has rails and it's, it's very safe and secure, but you can go outside and get that breeze that you're gonna get up on the top floor and, and go out and enjoy the nice weather and the fireworks view there as well. So it's a unique experience to take advantage of there at the California Grill. Yeah, we, we love the California Grill. Not really, I mean, I'm sure people bring kids there, but it's not the best place for that. So I would say the things that I agree with you on California Grill, the other thing to remember is that if you eat there and you, but it's before the fireworks, you, you can bring your receipt or something back and they'll let you come up there to watch fireworks, you know, later in the day. So I think that's um, a nice little perk. And then I think for Chef Mickey's and for California Grill, just kind of a general touring kind of thing is I think so often people plan these trips, they just kind of look at what, rest, you know, you have to pick your restaurant six months in advance and people just kind of look at a list and just start picking and don't start thinking about timing and where am I staying compared to these restaurants. and. I will tell you that Chef Mickey's is a lot more enjoyable if you happen to be staying at the Contemporary versus if you're staying at Animal Kingdom or one of the All-Stars or somewhere where you're having to get a bus and go all the way over there. So I think that's just a, a thing to remember is that that's why we end up in Chef Mickey's. If you're staying right there, it's so easy. And kind of same thing with California Grill. If you got grandparents with you or another family, 
kids are down for bedtime at eight, you can go to California Grill, you just go up the elevator. So it, if you're staying there, you're just much more likely to be able to enjoy those restaurants without as much effort to get there. Yeah, I totally agree. One other thing that I'll say about the contemporary, and it, I don't know that it's it's new news, but they do have a, a bar area. And so you, with California Grill, if you don't make those reservations, you know, six months in advance, or at least plenty out into the future, you're not probably gonna get a table, which is a, a real bummer, but they do have this bar area that accepts walk-ups. So you could actually just go into the contemporary and just say, hey, we're gonna try to go walk into the bar area of the California Grill. They'll, you know, the hostess, the the, the weird thing about that is the, the hostess and all the check-in counters are kind of on the ground floor or the lobby level. And you actually ride an elevator all the way up to California Grill. So even if you just want to go in and check in the restaurant, you got to check in down below and then ride the elevator up. And so if you don't have a reservation, you can try to get into the bar area and it's first come first serve. And I'll be honest, a lot of people go there first thing when they open and will stay there all night and kind of order drinks, appetizers, just so they can take advantage of that unique view of the fireworks later on in the evening. So just another thing to keep in mind. There's one other restaurant that we haven't touched on. You know, there's there's a couple of uh, bars. There's a bar area actually right over by the Chef Mickey's and Contempo Cafe called called the right. Outer Rim. Uh, so if you are a bar person and want to get some adult beverages, you can check that out. They also have uh, kind of a, a snack shack bar pool area eatery over by their pool. But the other sit-down restaurant that we haven't mentioned is The Wave, which is on the lobby level of the Contemporary Resort as well. Have you guys ever eaten at The Wave? Uh, negative. We have not. I want to say we've had family that has, um, I and mean, we walk by it all the time, but just have never taken the time to do it. Yeah, so we've eaten there one time, and it was right when The Wave first opened. And I'll be honest, I was, I think I, on the whole, we were a little underwhelmed by our experience. However, since then, and that was several years ago, since then I've heard nothing but great things about the wave. So the wave is kind of a mix between, not food wise, but experience wise, between Chef Mickey's and California Grill. It's obviously, it's not a buffet, so you're not having to get up and serve yourself. It's more of a sit down intimate feeling, but it's not as kind of experiential as California Grill. So kids are definitely welcome at the wave and not to say that kids aren't welcome at california grill it's just i don't know that it's the best place for kids you know it's it's more of a fine dining experience and if your kids are about that life then by all means bring them but you know i, I don't know that the kids are going to have an enjoyable time at california grill whereas you know the wave it's it's more kid friendly uh it, it, it is a sit-down restaurant the menu is you know pretty extensive, but also not as expensive as the California Grill. So it's just another option there to take advantage of. And um, by all accounts, it's gotten a lot better over the course of the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think for kids, I don't know that's the best use of use of your money or of your dining credits. You know, if you're on the dining plan, it's a two table service credit place. So if you want to burn two table service credits on, you know, go to take your kids to the hoop to do review or something, you know, jump on the boat. I just, I'm sure people do it. I just don't know that I would ever want to take them up. Yeah, fair enough. All right, Griffin, parting words for the contemporary as we wrap this episode up. I think we hit all the, the big points. I guess we talked a decent amount about price. I, I guess my final plea, because I feel like whenever I claim the contemporary is my favorite, I have to basically separate it from the Polynesian. Um, and, in, you know, you got the DVC skills, but if you kind of take that out of the equation, on the whole, 
I'm able to find the contemporary for cheaper than I'm able to find Polynesian rims. You know, even just most recently our trip, and it's looking like 150 to 200 less per night to be at the contemporary, but you basically access all the same, you know, amenities and park access. So um, to me, that plus everything we talked about at the first with transportation is what lifts it to the very top. I I agree with you. Other than and and you you made that caveat of taking DVC out of the equation. Unfortunately for me, I couldn't even tell you the last time that we stayed at Walt Disney World and didn't rent DVC points to to book our trip there. So to me, DVC is always an option and never won't be an option for us. So given that, you know, the prices are actually pretty comparable between the Contemporary and Polynesian and even Grand Floridian for that matter, just depending on the size and view of the room that you want to get or book when you're trying to stay there. So DVC is is always an option if you're traveling with me. Yeah, I hear you there. And I think I, I, I've got some things to learn from you. So on how to keep that price down. But uh, yeah, that's I think both of those are, are right up there for probably both for for my whole family as far as our two probably favorite resorts. Um, so they're one A and one B, but um, maybe maybe contemporary has the nostalgia factor that keeps it at the top for me. If you're going to Walt Disney World and you're considering the t- contemporary, don't don't be put off by the price. It's the same conversation that we had in the last episode with the Polynesian. If you just go out to Disney's website and look at the contemporary resort. You're, you're gonna get sticker shock because it is a pricey resort to stay at. And I think the premise of what Griffin and I are trying to say is that there are other options available to stay at the Contemporary Resort without having to pay that luxury tax of staying at a deluxe resort. So if you're willing to stay in the Garden Wing versus the Tower, you're gonna save a couple hundred bucks a night. If you're willing to rent DVC points and not book directly through Disney, you're gonna save even more money so a lot of money there's there's tons of options available to you if if you're dying to stay at the contemporary resort and you don't think you can afford it i think there you you'd be pleasantly surprised at ways that you can save money and and make that more of a reality for you and your family and it it just may fit into your budget so just things to consider if you if you're thinking about the contemporary yeah i like it i appreciate you having me on this was a lot of fun as I remembered it was. It was, you talk about the nostalgia factor, it's just like old times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go rate and review us, all the magical things you say at the end. Uh, I almost forgot, can I just take a minute and say it real quick? Yeah, please do. All right, before we sign off here, if you would just take a minute, rate and review us on iTunes. As I always say, if you're willing to give us five stars, we wanna hear from you. If you're gonna give us a one star, just I just prefer you not to do it. Honestly, it it would save us a lot of heartache if you just didn't. But we'd also love to engage and interact with you guys on our social media accounts. So we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We're not the frequent of posters on those platforms, but if if you guys ask us a question or comment on our pictures, we, we will respond. So go out there and follow us on those platforms. You can just search for us in the little search bar there. Look for us at, at Master the Mouse. We'll come up. Give us a follow. Give us a thumbs up or a like or a heart button on Instagram or whatever you do on those platforms. And, and let us know that you're listening. We love to hear from you guys. Yeah, sounds good. All right, Griffin. It's been real. It's been fun. It has been real fun. On behalf of Master the Mouse podcast and Griffin, I'm Aaron, and we'll see you real soon. See you guys.